You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Faith. I appreciate it. Morning, good morning. I have one more very special announcement. We still need help in the nursery. (laughs) Um, We really do. So you can sign up today. Where can they sign up at Pastor Faith if they've been through the journey? Also, the journey. I don't know if we talked about the journey today. Um, The journey. Look at your neighbor and say, the journey. How many of you know that you're on a journey with the Lord? Amen? And so the journey is a two-week class. It is our membership class. It is our onboarding class. So if you're like, man, I feel like this is my church. I want to get involved. I want to start serving. I want to join the church. And the journey is your next steps. Uh, that is the, the next step for you is the journey. And also, if you're even just still questioning the church and you want to know more about what we believe and what we stand for, the journey is still your next step to just get more questions and answers uh, about the church as well. So the journey is in January, I believe, the first two Wednesdays of January, 6 p.m. in the hospitality room. You do need to register, though. So if you, you can get your phone out. If you still need to register, you can get this QR code. Uh, that's your next steps. So we'd love to have you. Um, also... After that, we still need help in kids ministry, uh, mainly nursery uh, for our six and under um, kids. And so grandmas calling grandmas, grandpas, everybody um, for your help. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we need your help. Unless you're just really mean towards kids and then we don't want your help. All right. (laughs) You need to go to freedom Um, like we all do. So let's see here. Um, man, me and Maddie did this thing that was new for us this year. We decided to decorate for Christmas, like, I don't know, maybe the first week of November, and, which is a great idea because we just love Christmas. And we're like, I don't care what anybody thinks, all the haters out there. How many of you are the wait till after Thanksgiving people? Raise your hand. No one cares. <laughs> You're not right, okay? It doesn't matter what you think. (laughs) So we decided to decorate for Christmas like the first week and um, because we just love Christmas and we hate to be thankful. (laughs) I was just seeing if y'all are listening, but that was a joke. So uh, if if you're new here, you're going to, I'll be very serious at times and I'll also joke at times. It's kind of what happens. It's kind of who I am. Um, So we did this thing where we we decorated for Christmas and then we did not realize that our children that are smaller... Like, whoo, whoo, I know I got a lot of back feet going on here, if we can fix that. Um, so our children who are six or seven, five, and three, come on, somebody, I just had a birthday, I got to pay attention. Uh, they don't really understand what 47 or 50 days, how long 50 days was. So it was kind of, we kind of retracted. We are like, oh, dang, because the kids were like, Christmas, yes, Christmas tree presents. We're like, no, 
There's like 50 days. <laughs> and we're like, maybe we, we didn't think this all the way through. So now they're like, they're ready. And they're like, what, 50 days? I mean, you have small kids. They don't even, the, the, the act of two days away. They're like, no, what do you mean we're going Friday? And so that was not really the greatest idea. Um, but anyways, how many of you, I, I'm not here to talk about Christmas. It's just kind of what's going on in the world. Um, but anyways, we had an amazing Freedom Conference this past two days. Uh, so, so good. So good. Um, so I just wanted to share a little bit of my heart for new people and just for newer people, older people, whoever. Um, just to, I, w- I want you to catch the vision of what freedom is. I want you to catch the vision of when God said that the Father's house is a healthy home for the city. I want, to, I want you to catch the vision this morning of what we mean when we say things like saved, healed, and delivered. Amen? And with something, if you've been here for a while, um, we have felt like the Lord has said this to people, that he is reintroducing himself to the church. And I believe what the Lord, what he means by that is that he's not just the God who saves you from sin and gets you to heaven. He's also the God that heals your soul, your wounds, and delivers you from all oppression. That he's not just the ticket to heaven for so long. I must be honest with you, that church I kind of just grew up in, that's all it's kind of about was just you get your sin saved and one day, brother, it'll all get better and we'll fly away. But I believe the Bible teaches that Jesus said that I have come that you may have life, which is eternal life, and life more abundantly. And I believe that abundant life is for us to be accessed on this side of heaven. Amen? Jesus didn't want you just to get saved and walk around bound by fear for the rest of your life. His desire is not for born-again believers to walk around in chains of oppression and depression and anxiety and shame and rejection and perversion and fear and the occult and all kinds of nonsense. That is not God's desire for you just to get born again and wait to one day to get better. He wants, to, he wants you to know that you can experience the fullness of him now. You can experience chains being broke off your life now. So we don't, at this house, there is, there is a mantle on this house to see people walk in wholeness, which is every part of yourself walking in wholeness and freedom. Not just your sin washed away, but your junk being dealt with. Simply put, freedom, I believe, is recognizing the lies that the enemy is trying to say to you and replacing them with truth. Simply put, Freedom is when you start to recognize, how many of you know the devil's a liar? Some of you didn't answer. Well, he is. The Bible says he's the father of lies. And he also, the Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. So the enemy loves to whisper in your ear, you're nasty. You're not enough. You're disgusting. You'll never get better. Or You've had people speak things over you as a child. You're not worth anything. You're just a piece of garbage. You won't amount to anything. Sound familiar? Freedom happens when you start to recognize some of those strongholds of unbelief in your life and you start to let God into those places and let him speak his truth over you as well. And let me just say, the lies the enemy speaks are not just you're nasty, you're dirty. Sometimes he says, man, you're so, you're so incredible. Man, you're, you're, the, you're the best Christian. 
He also speaks lies into self-righteousness and pride. And sometimes people miss out on freedom because they're only looking for the shame and the nasty stuff, but they're not looking for the pride and the self-righteousness. I felt the Lord say, I probably should have prayed. Wait, I think we've done enough praying and stuff this morning. I think it's okay. He's here. <laughs> I remember one time this guy got saved at the end of our service. I didn't actually share the gospel. He came down, wanted to give his life to Jesus. And I remember somebody said, well, how did he get saved? I said, I guess Jesus saved him. <laughs> Here in a few minutes, we're going to have some people come down and get some testimonies from freedom. They don't know who they are yet. <laughs> I don't know who they are yet. <laughs> but let me just say this. If, you, if you've been going to church here for a while, if this church is new to you and you still haven't caught this idea of being healthy and whole, I promise you this, if God has placed you here in this church, he's inviting you into it. Some of you are still wondering, man, why am I still at this church? Why do I feel like I still shouldn't leave? Why do I feel like I'm still here? It's because the Lord is inviting you into wholeness and freedom. He's not inviting you into staying offended or being critical of what songs we're singing, I promise. It, the Lord will never invite you into being critical. <laughs> you can guarantee it's not from him. Every time. You know what I mean? And so I was praying. I actually had a dream last night. And I was I, in my dream. Uh, so I've been sick again. <laughs> Praise God. How many of you know, though, that God causes all things to work for our good? And I'm going to get into this next week. Just what the Lord's been speaking in my heart since I've been sick and in a hospital room and all kinds of nonsense. But I had a dream last night and a few days ago, I finally started to get better for the first time at the conference and, and then my voice is still really dry right now. But, um, and I felt the Lord say, Michael, I just, just rest for Sunday. And I woke up with a dream last night and I, had, I saw certain people in this room coming down to give testimonies of freedom. And I felt the Lord say, I just wanna share about what freedom is. So I want you all to understand, this church will never move away from going after wholeness. So, I, and I also feel like the Lord wants to, to say this, if you're getting uncomfortable here and you feel like maybe you can't get traction or you're not fitting in, it's probably because you're, you're scared to be vulnerable. And what's gonna happen is our church is gonna continue to do the opposite of what I was kind of raised in where nobody talks about anything real. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, brother, blessed and highly favored. Oh, I just want to throw up. <laughs> I'm just being honest, because nine times out of ten, what that usually means is you're just really prideful and think you're amazing. And, and so the more we step into authenticity, which is one of, I love the slogan of Mercy Culture Church. It says, we don't do fake. I just want to say that over the forest house. We don't do fake. We don't do it. And so... <laughs> If you're here, that's what he's inviting you into. He's not inviting you into a facade that you have everything together or that you're better than others. He's inviting you into wholeness and freedom. He's inviting you to understand and to be self-aware of stuff that you struggle with. Everyone in this room right now, I should be able to ask you one by one, what are some lies and some things that you personally struggle with? And if you can't answer that, that's okay. It just means you're not really self-aware. 
Or it means that there's shame and rejection, that you're scared to admit things you do wrong because you're so scared of the shame that comes. But that's not from Jesus and it's not from us either. One of my favorite things was uh, I was at a church in um, Florida and they said, we're a safe place, but not a safe place to hide. So when you come out and actually be your real vulnerable self and say, actually, I struggle with these lies. I struggle with the devil's always trying to tell me I'm not good enough. The devil's trying to tell me this. If you can come out to that place, you'll see that you're met with mercy and grace. And you'll see, you ever, you ever go through a really hard time, then you start to tell people about it and you realize 10 more people have been to the same thing? When me and Maddie had our, uh, our first, uh, we were her first pregnancy, and then she had a miscarriage, and then all of a sudden, all these people we knew were like, yeah, that was, that was our story too. And we didn't even know that. They're like, actually, yeah, we had a miscarriage our first time, and then we had five kids. You know what I mean? And so I believe the Lord has wanted to establish this church for something he's been saying for a long time, is that this church will be a hub for freedom for the region. That it will be a place where people come to be set free from bondage and trauma and, and brokenness and religiousness. I'm just going to tell you, religious, super religious people don't care for me. They just don't. I've had people say, they don't like that I don't. Sometimes I preach from a computer. I've had people message our page and be like, we need to get the pastor a Bible for Christmas. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> oh, keep my heart tender, Lord. <laughs> Seriously. Right? The Lord said that we would be a hub for, for freedom. What does that mean? I believe that people will learn that they can come to our freedom conference and get set free. They can come to the Father's house. We're not going to try to steal people from their churches, but they will be pastors in this city will be excited about partnering with us because they want their people to be free. They're not scared that we're gonna try to rail people in or grow our numbers in our church. We just want people free. We just want people to break out and, and freedom. Let me just give you a backstory. Freedom started with me and Maddie. It started with me and Maddie realizing that we have some junk. It didn't start with us looking across the church and being like, y'all are screwed up. <laughs> we gotta fix y'all. We need to fix these screwed up people. It started with me and Maddie actually realizing that maybe we personally needed some deliverance. And we started to say, God, listen, if we need deliverance, if there's demonic oppression in my life, working in my life, then I want to break it. How many of you know we needed to be humble enough where we can say, hey, if the enemy has some hold on me, I don't want it there. Instead of, no, he doesn't have no holds on me. Oh, yeah, it definitely doesn't. I'm good. What? So I felt the Lord say from the bottom of my heart, not to be mean, but it, it, the more closed off and the more you, you're fake, you won't fit in the church. I'm sorry, <laughs> but not sorry. <laughs> I feel like the Lord told me to say that. But there's a difference between being scared of being vulnerable and just being prideful. Those are two different things. So maybe you're just scared and you've been hurt. Well, that's not, I'm not talking to you. We love you, we bless you, we're here for you to walk through this. As soon as you're ready, we have open arms, the Lord has open arms. If you've gone through freedom, you're still not ready, you've gone through it, you still didn't open up, it's okay, we'll walk with you, we love you. But man, it's just the people who just don't feel like they have any issues, right? <laughs> That's the hardest thing to crack. And, and um, 
so I just felt like the Lord wanted to release that this morning from the pulpit. Um, it's going to flip. It's shifting in our church where the vulnerability will be the highest voice and not the, the, the quietest voice in the church. Amen? I mean, guys, I just remember one of my first things here at this church. I did a funeral for an older couple that's been in our church for 30 years. And, man, it was crazy. Um, I mean, it got to a point, and I won't mention names, it got to a point where the husband was hiding the medicine from his wife. That's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> and this was a long-time standing church member that most people would just see in the church and be like, man, this person, they're great, they're great people, you know, make them a deacon. Ties, faithfully. Church attendance, Faithfully. Wear the suit and tie every Sunday. And I remember being at the funeral, and man, it's a little part of the next message, but it's like I had never seen his wife so happy. Right? But it was because I believe that maybe the church hasn't been a safe place as well. When people do open up, they're met with very religious answers. It's going to be all fine, brother. Just stop. Just believe. Just do it. You got it. More faith. Instead of, I'm sorry. (laughs) That sucks. That should have never happened to you. We love you. You know? Instead of, well, you should just have more faith. Just fix it. Fix yourself. It's like, no, we all got some issues. Let me tell you about stuff I'm walking through too and the Lord's carrying. The Lord is still walking stuff in my life to this day and he will forever be doing that. So me and Maddie got to this place where we're like, man, we need freedom. We struggle in these areas. We struggle with these lies and we start to just search it out. We start to search out ministries, sozo ministry, encounter weekends, freedom curriculum, womb work, heart sink. I mean, we did so many different things throughout our, our, our journeys trying to search for something for us. And I just wanted y'all to hear this this morning. When we talk about freedom and wholeness, we are t- we, this started with us and it started with our staff and our leaders, it is an absolute prerequisite for any leadership in this church, especially if you're gonna to rise to leadership, that you are self-aware, that you are identifying stuff that's going on in your life and you're walking in wholeness. And it's not that you're gonna be perfect, it's just at least that you become aware. And you can start to point out, oh, these are the ways the enemy tries to work with me, and I'm working on those things. Amen? Amen. I know what Jesus is saying. And so, um, I believe at one time uh, we will see uh, our Freedom Conference, I believe we'll see it close to fill up the bottom of this room from from believers from all over. And that's what my heart's desire is. And here's the beautiful part. God's gonna use you. (laughs) And our prayer team will grow to 50, 60, 70 people out of the people in our church that are gonna be ministering to broken people. Um, Dr. Mike Hutchins put out a word. I shared this on Saturday. And he said, I believe God is raising up chain breakers and heart healers to break off the curse of trauma off people's lives. And I believe that's what he's put on our church and what he's put on the church all together. It's, it's not a Pastor Mike and Pastor Nathan and Pastor Faith thing. It's a, it's a body thing. 
We need all hands on deck. How many of you remember me saying that? That God was saying that all hands on deck for this next year. And I believe that's what he's saying. He's calling you, all of us in this room, to rise to the occasion, to get the freedom and wholeness that you need, to grow up in the Lord so God can begin to use you for his glory. That you don't just stay a church attender, but you start to see when you pray, things break. When you minister to someone, things fall off of them. It's not just a a person in the pulpit thing. It's an everybody thing. And it's not just about you starting your own ministry thing. Come on. If you're called to do that, then let me just say this. If you're called to actually do your own ministry, you won't have to keep fighting so hard to make it happen. God will breathe on it. Other people and pastors will recognize. They'll send you. They'll anoint you. It will go. It will happen. But you don't need to have a separate ministry. You have a ministry. You have a ministry. And we know that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. All of us in this room have been called by God to bring people back to the Father through Jesus. Everybody. There's people in your workplace, people in, especially the people in your home, number one, but your sphere of influence everywhere that you stand. So freedom started with me and Maddie. So when you hear us talk about these things, we're talking about it first to ourselves. Amen? And so when you hear us talk about, man, it's because there's something that God wants to impart to you. He wants to give to you. There's an exchange he has. There's just so much more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. There's so much more. I felt the Lord also say that he is just continuing to take this church just out of formality and production and program. That like, you know, sometimes we might preach a series for four weeks and sometimes we might not. But I can promise you this. We will do our best to hear the voice of the Lord and do whatever he says. And if he says we're going a different direction this morning, we would do our best to flow in that direction. Amen? And sometimes he might say teach on these things. How many of you know God says teach the word? (laughs) Amen? Sometimes we need workshops. Sometimes we need to spell things out very clearly. We've been talking about giving and money. How many of you learned something the past few weeks that maybe you didn't know? And I feel the Lord's just wanting to uh, also, another thing I feel like he said was that he's creating a prophetic culture in our church. And what that simply means is that our church, it will be normal for you to hear from God yourself and to hear from God for others. It will become very normal in this house that you will learn to hear God's voice. That you won't need somebody to, how many of you are like, how many of you, just must be honest, you're like, I need a word. I'm going, I need a word. I'll travel three hours to get a word. God will speak to you directly. And then he will confirm words through others. God is doing this. He, he is, he's he's going to teach this house where it's normal. What is God saying? I love watching uh, Blake Hunt, seeing his Facebook this morning running out of gas, pulls up to a gas station. There's bags on the gas because it's closed or it doesn't work. And he's like, what am I going to do? And what did God say? You didn't, even have, you didn't even try it. And so he just tried it and the gas worked. Come on. Why? Because Blake has learned that he's a son and sons hear their father. Kids hear their parents' voice. I love when Julian was here. He said the best way to hear God is to first understand your identity. 
That's why it's a core value of ours. You gotta know that you're no longer a sinner, that you're a son and a daughter. And when you recognize who you are and who he is, it becomes a lot easier to hear his voice. You start, to get, you start to realize that this is just not a book, but this is Christ in written form. You start to hear his voice. You start to be passionate about these things. And God said there's a prophetic culture that's beginning and it's starting and it's, it's going to accelerate in our church. That you're going to hear from God yourself and you're going to learn how to prophesy to others. For words of knowledge. And some of you, um, just even right now, I'm not gonna, I'll probably call up about 10 people, but even some of you just feel led, you have a testimony from freedom, just hold on, you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading. If you have any testimony of like, what happened to you in freedom, just what your thoughts were going in, something God did at the conference that you'd be willing to share, uh, we're gonna call you up in just a minute to share. But I felt the Lord say, he's building a prophetic culture. You're gonna hear God, and you're gonna hear God for others. And that's what I kept hearing at the conference in freedom. So many people were like, man, the first person I prayed with, he looked at me and he said, God told you that. <laughs> like, no one knows that. <laughs> I didn't tell you. No one else has talked to you. But God's told you. And that's what's happening. And that's going to be very normal in this house. And it's not just going to be normal for the prayer team. It's going to be normal for you. It's going to be normal for every person in this room. And it's not about performance. And it's not about trying to reach some spiritual level. Because I'm going to tell you, there's also a very unhealthy tie to the prophetic that it becomes like a show and a circus or a bar trick. How many of you know in the Bible, when Simon the sorcerer saw the power that they had, he wanted to buy it? Because he saw that it could bring him wealth and attention. You remember that story in the book of Acts where Simon the sorcerer saw them laying hands and then receiving power and he said, how can I have this power? There is an unhealthy attraction that's not from God on the prophetic and the gifts of the Spirit as well. And this is how you know that it's there. It draws attention to you. If you want to be used in the prophetic and used by God so people can recognize you, you need to sit down. You're not ready yet. Amen? But there's a healthy place to pursue the prophetic. God, I want you to be glorified through me. And what, what you'll learn is you don't always have to have a word. Yeah, that's good. One of the, the easiest ways to prophesy is encouragement. Yeah. How many of you need to know right now? Let's just do a practice. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord loves you. How many of you have made you feel pretty good? <laughs> Come on. It's not, you don't have to get up here and read out people's birth dates. <laughs> and let me just say this, that's not the highest level in the church. Is you being the one who can read people's mail. Wow, let's just be honest, there's an unhealthy pull on that gift. There's a super unhealthy pull on it. And I would be careful, if, man, I think, let's just be real, I think we can all battle with that. Because you know you give a word, you give somebody, you read somebody's mail, and then you want to tell everybody about it. You know what I mean? I told you, you should have heard what I told him. And God, boom, I pinpointed that. Wow. Man, God downloaded that through me. I released it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's be real. I mean, people could be real in this room and say, I understand that. 
Just like when you give money, there's an unhealthy pull to tell somebody about or show somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because just the flesh is there. That flesh can be waging war. And that's what freedom's all about, is that we're doing all of these things from a healthy place. That we're not trying to pursue the gifts of the Spirit for our attention. Why? Because we know who we are in Christ. We want Jesus to get the glory. Amen? I love having gifted people around me because I want Jesus to get the glory. And having gifted people around me will always put to death that insecurity. <laughs> you know what I mean? If somebody comes in here, or Pastor Faith, or Pastor Nathan, or Pastor Daryl, man, Pastor Daryl killed it at the Freedom Conference. Yeah. Killed it. Amazing. Probably one of the best times I've ever heard him speak. It's beautiful. Great. <laughs> Come get your glory, Lord. <laughs> right? Come get your glory. Not what can I do so I can get some glory. That's the opposite of freedom, amen? Oh, man, freedom looks like you taking the back seat. Freedom looks like you serving in the nursery and nobody knows about it. Amen? Come on. That's a mirror like, nope. I don't come into agreement with that at all. So prophecy is rising in our house, and it's not about tricks from a microphone. I'm not saying we don't value that, and that's not going to happen, but it's just not, it's not what it's about. It's about revealing the heart of God towards someone. We want, how many of you ever had a prophetic word over you and you, you, felt, you just felt so known by God? You're like, whoa, God sees me. He knows exactly what's going on in my life. Even though we kind of know that, but it just brings a higher um, just understanding and revelation of it. It's beautiful. It's not about us. Amen? Amen. So I don't have a watch. I've looked at my wrist like 1,600 times. 12.04. Um, so... I got some people in mind, but I'm going to see if you're going to hear from God. <laughs> Here's your practice. <laughs> but I'd like to get at least five ladies, if you feel led, um, to just come and share testimony about what freedom has done, what freedom has been for you, or what the conference was. If you, you don't have to share anything you don't want to share. So if I can get five ladies, come right over here to my right, and you can go ahead and come now. Awesome. I see one. Two, thank you. Remember, it's not a competition. <laughs> Fight. Just kidding. And I get five guys. If you feel, I'm going to say this to some of our men. If you feel, you feel strong, the Holy Spirit's like, I'm supposed to go. Come on, men. Get out your seats. Oh, I'll call you by name. I know who you are. <laughs> Come on, men. I need five guys, man. There's something, a testimony from Freedom. Jahar, come on, man. Let's go. You can sit over here. Come on, Blake. I still need two more ladies. <laughs> hmm, I was about to say, there's one girl I'm thinking about in the video. I don't think she's here, though. Come on, Shannon. I'm going to wait. Don't worry. <laughs> Two more guys, <laughs> two, two more. It could be leaders as well. Uh, two more ladies. Come on now. You're in this room. I know you are. Come on. 
Come on, come on. Come on, man. There's one more guy. Come on. <laughs> I'm looking in your direction. <laughs> come on, anybody else? Uh, Eddie, I want you to come, but you're not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> and any other guy? I'll leave you alone. This God's just done something. Maybe you were nervous and God spoke to you, did something cool. Anybody? All right, fine. All right, this is it. So we just share. I'll start with the, I'll start with the ladies. And just share just whatever happened or just whatever you feel like the Lord wants you to share, okay? Okay. Hello. Um, so the biggest thing for me is going through um, the freedom curriculum. Like, I just thought, like, the big thing God was revealing to me was, you know, I have control issues that I feel the need to control everything around me. But then as we got to the Freedom Conference, it was like every time somebody talked, um, anybody who was there probably saw I didn't quit crying the whole time. Um, like everything just hit me and I just like, man, I'm like just this broken mess. Um, but one of the big things that I feel like really strengthened my husband and I's relationship was that um, something I've kept from him. We've been together almost 10 years. And, um, you know, one thing that you talk about when you're first starting to date somebody or, you know, before you get married is how many people you've been with. And, um, you know, I know his number. It's not very big. And I never told him mine. <laughs> so, because I was, like, we were talking about shame and, like, things that people had spoken over us. And it's not necessarily that somebody spoke it over me, but the devil, you know, called me certain names. I'm sure you all can figure those out. Um, but so that the night, Friday night, as we were driving home, I told him, I said, you know, I, I really need to have a conversation with you about this. Like, I really am, am trying to work this out. Like, I, I want to be free when it's over. So I, I told him, I said, I, I don't know the number of men I've been with before you. Um, and, and I told him, I said, you know, Pastor Mike preached about soul ties and about getting those from sleeping with people in the first, like, we've been divorced and remarried, so the first time we divorced, I blamed a lot of it on him. I said, but if I'm being honest with you, I was already checked out and lusting after other men um, that I had soul ties to and some that I didn't. Um, so it, it just felt amazing to be able to, like, speak that out loud to him and not be able to hide it. And I, I didn't feel judged. Like, um, we, just, we just had a really good conversation about it. Come on, give it up for Whitney. There's no shame, no guilt, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. So, so good. One of my favorite quotes is, shame dies when we tell our stories in safe places. This is a safe place. Amen? And her husband. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
I realized that uh, going through freedom, I found uh, a lot of things that I wasn't aware of, you know, that got brought to my attention. But one of the biggest things that uh, I've noticed a big difference in is, like, my worshiping. I've, uh, I've given up worrying about what other, pe other people think about me behind me. I raise my hands. The other night, I was jumping around acting a fool like Mike does all the time. And, <laughs> I, I rather enjoyed it. So. I, I just encourage a lot of people, once you do it, it feels a whole lot better. So just quit worrying about what everybody else thinks and enjoy it. Come on, let's give it up for Billy. Hallelujah. We'll go over here. We'll go back and forth. Do you care if I just sit? I'm good. Great. <laughs> so um, I was one of the people he was talking about at the beginning that thought, you know, I'm just going to do this because it's new to me and I don't feel like I really have anything to get out. And uh, so that was a lie. <laughs> um, but as I was sitting, um, listening to everybody else's testimony, it actually pulled something from my past um, that I was really ashamed of. But um, one of the biggest things that had come from that, though, was a conversation that I was able to have with my husband. Um, so I, I had tried to actually talk to him about it while we were dating. And um, I, my husband's a wonderful man. But he actually shut that conversation down. Um, and I never had the chance. Well, I had a lot of chances, actually, to probably talk to him about it. But um, it wasn't until this conference that I um, took that step. And his conversation was... Um, Man, met with so much grace and love and just totally unexpected for me. And anyways, uh, I'm free from that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but also, um, something that I'm continuing to work on that actually didn't get brought up in conference was um, my sister-in-law passed away at 28 years old. And... Um, it's the first time, that was the first time I had ever fasted, and um, I was believing for her to be completely healed, and we didn't see that, and um, she passed away, and so she, she was healed, just in not, not in the way that I wanted her to be, um, but that moment caused a lot of doubt and um, unbelief, honestly, that Jesus is a healer. Um, so Friday, Friday, my daughter, who's 10 months old, um, got hives for no good reason. Um, and I took her to the doctor at 1045 and they said, basically it's a virus. There's nothing you can do about it. And it'll last two weeks and, um, just, there's nothing you can do. And so after a conference that night, I picked her up from the nursery and they were horrible, like 10 times worse than they were at the doctor that day. And so I did all the mom things and the pharmacist things, and I put her to bed. And she um, threw up at midnight, and I called the on-call nurse, and they said, take her to the ER. It's possible that she's having anaphylaxis. And so I did just that, and I, um, I prayed for her on the way there. And in the hour and a half, I was waiting in the emergency room, and um, I ended up calling my husband because I said... Um, the doctor, if I actually get back to see one, is going to laugh at me at this point because 
her breathing's completely fine and her rash is like almost gone. Um, so to see the Lord actually heal my daughter. Come on, give it up for Sarah. Hallelujah. See, this is what it's about, right? <laughs> this is what it's about. It's not about just a small group. It's not about a curriculum. It's not about an event. It's about the Lord meeting with people. Amen. Blake. So I'm Blake. Um, this is my second time going through freedom. Uh, the first time, amazing speakers somewhere. Um, Second time I went in, uh, I'm going to tell on myself. So I went in with uh, something on my mind that I knew that I needed to deal with. Like just, I had one thing pinpointed. Well, lo and behold, our group, I, it was amazing. Like so many more things were highlighted to me. Um, stuff that I hadn't dealt with, stuff that I was holding against people that I didn't even realize. Um, so through prayer, other people's testimonies and stuff, you know, I... <laughs> I released a whole lot of people that I didn't know that I still had judgment on. Um, it was really good. So then at the conference, um, I broke down and had a lot of uh, self-value issues, I guess you would say. Um, I'll go on and tell everybody. It doesn't matter. So like all growing up, my dad is old school and... Um, I'm a crier. I cry every Sunday in the drum cage. Like, that's, that's me. I'm an emotional guy. So um, my dad had a, a four heart attacks here two weeks ago and almost died. And they saved him in, in the operating room, praise the Lord. But I told, I've, he's never told me he loves me. And um, I've, I told him 16 times probably that day. And it's still, it's like, I love you. And he's, okay. You know, it's, it's, he doesn't know how to deal with emotion, but for me, I didn't realize how much that was really hurting me. And uh, so I went up there and prayed with Pastor Mike and I bawled like a baby, but um, the Lord just comforted me and, and told me that he does love me. He doesn't know how to, to really express it, you know? And, uh, but man, I just, the amazing weight lifted and it, it's just, freedom is such a good thing for anybody that's doubting it. Um, man, it, there, it, from everything from, getting your belief back from uh, releasing people's judgment, anything like that. If you have bitterness, anything, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I would highly suggest anyone try it. Don't, like if you're doubting it, try it. Give it a shot. It's awesome. Come on, give it up for Blake. We'll go back over here. Um, so... I was signed up for Freedom, and we have a big family, and so our, they asked me to switch. Um, so our family wasn't all in the same class. And I was a little disappointed at first just because I felt like I needed someone wise and mature, and I was questioning, and I couldn't got stuck with a better person, Ashton. I don't know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've dealt with a lot of rejection in my life. From really small, and I see a therapist for it, and we pull stuff out in therapy, but some things I'm like, I don't know if that really happened, but I vividly remember it. And the words were more powerful than anything that I kept believing. And I really feel like the Lord told me that I've never rejected you, but you've always been more hard on yourself and rejected yourself more than I ever have. So he set me free from rejecting myself and being submissive to the opinions and beliefs of other people and what they said over me. Remember one thing Pastor Daryl said that was really good. He said, um, you're still remembering things that God has forgotten. I thought, man, that's such a good word. Her husband. <laughs> I want to uh, just say, Daniel, man, you're the man. Our group. Uh, mine, I've had a uh, health issue since I was two years old. I was hit by a drunk driver. So I was, I've had seizures my whole life. Um, the section that touched me the most is forgiveness. I've had it on my shoulders for years. And I always think in my head, that idiot that ran a red light or whatever he did. But uh, when we got to forgiveness and our group prayed for us, I, Daniel and Blake and a few more uh, came over and laid their hands on me and I felt a relief and uh, weight lifted off my shoulders and it was just like peace. And then the conference even more, I was dancing and twirling and all this stuff. I'm telling you guys, if you want a word or help, come next time. I'm going back. Come on. Come on, give it up for Shannon. So good. Yeah, we're going to outgrow the building. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have a couple um, things that I wanted to share. Um, the first one is kind of leading up to um, this weekend. So I fasted Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, and then Friday, um, I don't know if all of you know this or not, but uh, we have a son with special needs. He's in a wheelchair. And so we have a, a wheelchair van, and so I go to pick him up after school on Friday, and um, the van, the lift, he's waiting to get in, of course, so we pull the lift down, and it will not come down. Fluid starts, like, spewing out everywhere, and I was like, oh, my gosh, trying not to freak out. Like, what am I going to do? My husband was out of town with his mom at an appointment, um, and so... I had eventually dropped it off um, at a place close to our home, which I, I've never heard of it before. I didn't even know it was there. And um, I had just been praying like all week. And um, while the mechanic, okay, so let's be real. Like I didn't have much faith in mechanics. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Like how much is this going to cost? Um, but as he's trying to get this lift down, I'm, God's showing me, like, these, the birds, 
and how they were just all flocking together and moving together. And it was just so beautiful just to stay in there in that moment and to take the time to notice how carefully he cares for the birds and how they don't care about things and how he just takes care of them. And um, so I had to leave the van there overnight. And when we go to pick it up the next morning, we weren't charged for it. <laughs> and so I just, I want to thank God for that. Um, because I wasn't expecting that and because I had just kind of lost faith in humanity and people and especially mechanics. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a mechanic, but I love you. <laughs> Um, it was just a blessing. It was just such a, a great blessing. And, and, and honestly, just to have that, that moment, that time to be outside and, and to watch God's beauty in the birds. Um, and then Friday night, actually, well, that Friday was the two-year passing of my dad. And last year, I was a hot mess on that day. And um, God was just with me all day Friday that I hadn't even noticed, I hadn't even paid attention. And so um, I'm just really thankful for that, that God had given me so much peace and joy. Like just, it's like he just threw joy at me all day Friday um, that I didn't even think about, that it be in the anniversary of my dad's death. Um, and so we get to conference Friday and um, one thing that has been really hard for me is control. Um, I feel like, you know, I don't have control over lots of aspects in my life, and I don't, I shouldn't. It's just so heavy. And carrying around these burdens, it, it hurts my neck, it hurts my back. It's just really heavy. And as I was praying <clears throat> over that, I just felt this peace and this lightness fall over me, like I could just almost sink into his presence. It was beautiful. Um, and carrying around a lot of shame. When I was younger, um, my biological dad had sexually abused me, and I had forgiven him for that, but I had not let go of the shame that I felt that came with it. Um, to be able to tell people that it felt shameful and dirty, um, but I was free, I got free from that. <laughs> so, thank you. Awesome, hallelujah. And her husband. <laughs> Freedom Conference is great. It's very long. Um, there, I'm, I'm thankful for how long it was because uh, all of us go through seasons. Sometimes it seems like we keep chasing the same thing every single week. And I know that's the case for me. Uh, the biggest revelation that freedom did for me was the week we began discussing forgiveness. And uh, I was very bitter at that time. Um, I don't know a part of my life where I'm not expected or looked to to make decisions, and it gets very heavy. It gets very uh, grueling sometimes, especially some of the questions or some of the things that you have to make decisions about. You 
find yourself being cynical and critical in your own mind. I, I do, Lord knows I try to treat everybody the same that I would want to be treated and how he expects us to be, but you do find yourself just being, did you even think about that before you came and asked me? You know, <laughs> so that was where I was where forgiveness was coming around and it really helped me that week because I started to just say, uh, I forgive them, Lord. I forgive them. Before they even came to ask me questions. And it's always the same people. Um, <laughs> but then leading in the conference, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. My wife and I were talking about that. You know, I'm, I've, I grew up in a charismatic church, and which kind of made me just learn to be quiet. <laughs> because of my personality, that was, that was where I was. I praise God. I always felt like... I could talk through my head. He's the only one that can hear me, and that, I'm good with that. <laughs> but um, I realized that uh, pride has been a struggle for me all my life in one shape, fashion, or form. Ultra competitive as a youngster playing sports, pride. Um, in relationships, insecurities, pride. Um, trying to, trying to, uh, guide my children in the direction opposite of the routes I chose, pride, all of it. Um, greed, wanting pride, making me want to take care of my family no matter what, never be broke eating ramen noodles again, pride. Greedy with my time because I'd rather spend all my time working to take care of my family to fulfill that pride than to give it to God, to give it to my family, Amen. even though I don't know anymore if, I, if it's just not an even pie, huh, babe? But uh, those were the two at first, and as we were sitting there talking, Pastor, he, I was the first one he was talking about, and Pastor said, sounds like fear. You're, you're, you're afraid to let go of the control. And then he said a name, and it kind of clicked on me. Well, now I'm, now I'm looking at resentment. I'm still holding on to some resentment because I thought I was over this. But my pride said, no, no, you, you, you're not over this, Brandon. You, you've, been, you've been holding on to this for two years. For two years, you've been holding on to this, and even though you've been silent about it, you haven't necessarily been out front and vocal to the person. You still were doing everything in your power to some degree to make sure that a prayer you said for that person would come to fruition. I'm not the judge, so, you know, I forgave that person. I've let it go. Um, the focus that began the whole process is, is right there in the forefront, which is to make sure that my kids are always have a father and are loved and will have their back no matter what. So that was the... After I sat down, though, I'm sorry, one more second, but it was amazing to me because the Spirit started showing me every single person that I have held some kind of resentment about one thing they said or one thing they did, and it was amazing to me because these are people, I, I, I thought I was done with that. I hadn't even seen their face in my mind for 20, 30 years, and he was just showing them to me, and I could just keep forgiving it, forgiving it, forgiving it, forgiving it, forgiving it, forgiving it. so praise God. And, Come to freedom. Amen. Come on, bro. <laughs> How many of you know the Lord knows? 
<laughs> Turns out he knows everything. And he, there's nothing that he doesn't know that's going on in your heart. But he wants to, something we say is if God reveals something, he wants to heal it. He's not trying to expose you to bring shame. He's exposing it because he wants to bring healing. Well, I was another one that thought, okay, I don't need, I don't guess I need this class, but I'm going to take it just because it's something to do. Because um, <clears throat> I thought I had all the freedom. I thought, um, I thought I was good. Um, and I'll just make this really short because it could go on forever. But <clears throat> about 12 years, I went, 12 years ago, I went through a really, really bad divorce with a lot of verbal abuse. Actually, my parents are here today. Um, and I don't know what I would, do, would have done without their prayers. Um, I didn't realize that I was carrying around shame and guilt. Um, a feeling like I come from a Christian family, a huge family, not much divorce in my family. And when I look back... And how many years this has been, I think, gosh, that's been almost 12 years. And I've always wondered when I walk in church, like, I have forgiven and I have, you know, I have forgiven and I've put things back. But why every time I come into church do I feel so heavy still? I can't even, probably for about five years, I felt even unworthy to even lift my hands. Um, and I'm a huge worshiper. If any of you all know me in here, you know I love worship. I love worship. And I didn't realize until I went through freedom and was realizing that my worship had been stolen from me. And um, even though I would still worship, it wasn't my everything. I still felt I still felt weighted, if that makes sense. Um, I almost felt like every time I would walk into the church doors, I still had to hide my face. And that's a horrible thing to carry. And then you push it back and you're, you say, I'm okay. You know, I'm all right. <clears throat> and I had never really walked through anything in my life. Like I'd never, you know... As a teenager, I was good, you know, went to church. I was, I was okay, and I never really could, like, associate with people when they would talk about, like, depression or anxiety or fear or shame or guilt. And then, wham, this hit me 12 years ago. And to think that I've been carrying that that long, thinking that I was okay. And so as I got into this book and we were reading, and I would just spend time just by myself and just was reading some of it. I thought, you know, I really still have a lot of this in me that needs to come out. And then at the conference, it was like I would worship, but yet I just still felt this heaviness. I'm like recognizing, okay, this is a heaviness that I've been feeling. Like weight, I don't know how to explain it. And so I went up for prayer. And I was prayed over by a couple women. And I literally felt, I think it's because I had to say it out of my mouth, out loud, that I have these feelings, like, um, and I actually didn't press them inside, and I actually had to say it out loud, that I literally felt 
that weight just literally peel off of me. And all I know how to explain it is it was just heavy. It was heavy. And through that, fear can come. Different things can come when you have, when you have that weight on you. And I'm just thankful because I literally felt it come off of me. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm just really honored to have Joy here. I, I, I used to stay the night with her son as a child in their house. It's just so cool. She's at our church now. I'm just so humbled and honored that, that you would come here. Um, and I would never in a million years thought I'd be pastoring you guys. <laughs> she said, me neither. <laughs> Definitely not. Neither did a lot of people. That's fine. Oh, dang, this, this is getting longer here. Uh, all right, we'll start here. We'll take it to maybe like less than a couple minutes though. Okay, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep this short. Um, I went through Freedom a few years ago, the first one that we did here, and um, it was just probably the most important class uh, thing that I've done for me spiritually in my life, and um, it, it was just absolutely amazing. But this year, uh, they asked me to to be one of the, the prayer leaders, and when, when I got the text, Faith sent us the text, and I just, you know... Uh, the Lord's really worked on me. I'm, I'm a different person now than I was three years ago, okay, uh, for you don't know me. And um, I never believed in spiritual gifts. I never believed in uh, prophecy. I never believed in speaking in tongues. I thought that was all of the past. And actually, when I saw people do it, it made me mad. Uh, so I've gone from that to, to, not, to not only accepting that but being baptized in the Holy Spirit and, you know, having a prayer language and it's just wow. totally changed my life. But, <clears throat> but back to being asked to pray, uh, over, be a prayer leader, it actually scared me, okay? When Faith sent me that text, I just thought, oh crap. <laughs> and I didn't tell her that, <laughs> but I'm being transparent. And um, so, but I didn't say no. I looked at my schedule, looked for anything to keep me from doing it. <clears throat> there was nothing. And my wife's was open too, so uh, we said yes. And so, uh, cutting, long story short, the week of the conference, and I even went up to her and I said, look, I said, uh, we need to have a meeting before for this conference because I'm not sure, you know, about some things and, and praying for people. And, See, my focus was on what I was going to do, what I was going to pray, the words I was going to say. Maybe I was going to do something wrong. Maybe I was going to not say the right thing. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. See, he works through us. He gives us the words to say. And I was letting the spirit of fear control me. And I woke up on Friday morning, you know, he, Satan was really working on leaders this week. Mike, Pastor Mike's been sick. I don't get sick. Monday morning after Thanksgiving, I woke up sick. <laughs> and so, you know, 
we were all, you know, struggling this week. But anyway, I woke up Friday morning after being nervous about this. We had an elders meeting. We talked about it. And for the first time, I woke up Friday morning of the, of the conference with the word of expectation on my heart and, and being excited about coming and what was going to happen, what the Lord was going to do, and the fear was gone. And <clears throat> so I went from, you know, I had the opportunity to pray for several men, and I just let the Lord lead. And it was the most amazing experience that I've that I've had. It was just so uplifting for me and my spirit. And I just felt the spirit of boldness in me. And I went from not believing in, in you know, spiritual gifts to when it was time. For the first time in my life ever, we, went, we had the opportunity to go out and pray for others, you know, to, uh, to have prayer language, to speak in tongues, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I was out there praying hard for people for the first time in my life. And it was the most amazing... It was awesome. Freedom is awesome, guys. And when you learn to worship in spirit and truth and freedom, it is, there's, no, there's no limits. And I just encourage anybody and everybody who has not gone through freedom, when you get the opportunity, go. Go. You, don't, you may not think you have things holding you back, but you do, I promise you. And I'll be going through it again. It's a walk. It's a constant walk on a daily basis. But, man, just being filled with the Holy Spirit, everybody needs that because it's just, it's a connection. It's about connection, and it's just amazing. Um, well, I'll start with, dear Heavenly Father, give me the strength and let your wisdom and your word speak through me. Um, <laughs> I am someone that, you hear these words very carefully, I pride myself in that I'm very self-aware. So with that being said, it was also something that growing before freedom even started, I was one of the type of people I was like, I already know so much about myself. Like, what deeper can I go? You know, I was like, I pretty much know this. I know that. And God's led me to understanding and believing and understanding that about that part, those parts about myself. And then I was like, all right, God, like, I need some help. Like, how do I get deep with you? And literally that morning, they started talking about freedom again. And it was the last day before you could sign up. And I was like, well, God, if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what else what it was. But all right, let me sign up. Uh, so signed up and throughout this whole journey and process uh, and through each chapter, I just remember one chapter, I was literally just like on my stomach in my living room, reading through, going through the Bibles. And I just wanted to like get up and just started jumping. You know what I mean? Just one of those like infectious, overwhelming powers to be like, thank you. You just invigorated that much more in me. And it was just something transcending, truly. Um, part of the reason why I also hesitated to coming up because it was one of those things where I felt like God was like pulling me up here and at the same time I was like because I unfortunately was not able to attend the conference due to work purposes and I'll explain that Linda a little bit uh and I was like you didn't do freedom you know I immediately went in my head I was like you didn't do freedom you didn't finish it out you didn't do this and I then immediately God was like stop that's not the point of what the freedom was for you know what I mean the point I could go on to even deeper and things like that, but it just led to other things of self-discovery as I've had the blessing to uh, be in a group with some of these uh, men over here uh, and re in 
like everybody else through here, has been re-shown a lot of things that I either haven't forgiven for, not given forgiven myself, that I hold shame to myself about. And, um, well, like him, I'll say I'm definitely coming back and signing up again next year because I was literally here sitting here. I was So Friday night, I ended up working a two-way state football championship game. So that's part of the reason why I couldn't attend. And then yesterday, I literally worked a high school girls basketball tournament from before 9 a.m. to after 9 p.m., you know. And so in both of those instances, I was surrounded by so many youth and so many people that I was like, I can't. Like, I, God's asked me to be here for that position, so I have to be there for him. But I'm over here crying inside. I was like, I wanted to be at conference. But it's also one of those things I was like, I literally told him while we were greeting each other, I was like, I already know I'm signing up again next year because God called me to be in that. Uh, But uh, one thing I will say with his own wording, uh, one thing in testimony that I also had in, I remember this was a year ago, literally face on the altar over here and think praying, giving it all to God. And there was one moment that truly transcended me in this place, in this house, that uh, Preston actually followed through into what God called him to. And I was really shocked. And I was like, okay, like I've been praying about it and had to deal with uh, my own personal thing. I won't let anything else start on shit. But I was sitting here thinking about it, praying about it. As soon as I got up, he was right there. And I was like, what's up, buddy? You know, just like, all right, hey, da 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 And he was like, God told me to give this to you. And it was just another truly profound thing that really helped me out. Um, and so I really would like to, if you all feel that God calls you to, really sow into that young man, because he also truly helped me, uh, invigorated me to stay in this house as well. Come on, man. Awesome. You guys can be seated. Can we give it up for these guys? Give it up for freedom in general. <laughs> Actually, can everybody stand with us as we close? Come on, the Lord is good. And he's releasing he is setting our children's workers free right now <laughs> from there in captivity right now <laughs> in the nursery and in the kids' area. Uh, prayer team, would you go ahead and come? If I could just get some keys, please. Thank you, Lord. Come on, isn't Jesus good? He's so, so good. Hey, if you're here, just before we leave, if you're here today and you're like, hey, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus at all, I was invited by a friend. I need to be saved. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. If you need salvation, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So I just want to make a moment, every service we have, if we can, that there is an opportunity right now for you. If you need to be born again before you leave, if you've never surrendered your life fully and completely to Jesus, if you need to do that, then come down to the altars Um, before you go. We'd love to pray with you and partner with you. If you need healing in your body, if you just need prayer for anything at all, so do me a favor, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you need prayer? If they say yes, I'll go with you. Awesome. Father, I just bless your people. I bless God what you're doing in this house. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for that you are revealing yourself to your body. I thank you for wholeness. And I thank you for the future of this house and your plan. Help us to walk in alignment with your ways in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. Guys, have a good, wonderful day. I would say go Cowboys, but they're not playing today. We already won this past week. Thanks for your prayers. We continue to need those prayers. We covet your prayers. Altars are open. If you need prayer for you, go. You're welcome to come.